0: This episode of The Huddle is brought to you by The Athletic Club, Oakland, a local sports bar we love. Look, COVID stole a lot of things from us over the last year, and one of the important things it took was the ability to watch sports with friends, and The Athletic Club is given that back to us. The ACO has shut down their entire side street, created an enormous outdoor space called the Town Gardens, and filled that space with cables, huge TVs, and legit food it's big it's comfortable and it's a great spot to watch warriors games with warriors fans while still staying safe the athletic club is now our go-to spot to watch all sports especially the warriors and we hope you're gonna join us there the athletic club oakland where sports fans can be sports fans again
1: i think for james you know he's been a sponge all year Hopefully, you know, whatever happens, he's still able to be around the team and continue to learn.
0: I think that's important for his growth uh, moving forward. But, you know, he he continued to get better as the year went on, and that's all you can ask. We're going to bring y'all into our huddle. You are in Warriors' side with me, Bram. With me, per usual, my boy and producer Marcus.
1: What's up, Deb Nation?
0: And our master of all things sound, Cheedy McCheedyberg. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> I want you to know I've been super excited for a full week to introduce you in that way, but not as excited as I've been to announce that rejoining us after way too long. A Warriors expert for the San Francisco Chronicle since 2009. A basketball mind who has covered every single second of Steph Curry's remarkable career, the author of Golden State Warriors, Strength in Numbers, and a man who has no problem making me feel stupid in front of an usher at a Giants game, Mr. Rusty Simmons. What's going on, Rusty?
2: Hey, I'm doing great. Probably the proudest moment of all of that introduction was me making fun of you at the Giants game. Okay, you bastard.
0: Uh, A little bit of background, (laughs) boys, so that we can all laugh at me at the same time. Um, I've been lucky enough to have at least a portion of Giant season tickets since the park opened. I mean, forever. And one of the things that has always been there Uh, every single game essentially that I've gone to is the usher that I pass. And I've talked about on this show, I like to develop weirdo relationships with ushers because they make me feel important. Well, Every single game I've gone to over years, like 10 years, I've gone up to this usher, made a big deal, you know, tried to make it so that he would somehow recognize me. And despite all those efforts, man, he's never at no point. Not only does he not recognize me, he'll literally like check my seat, walk me down to it. He does everything to show he couldn't give less of a shit about me. So that's our backdrop. I bring Rusty to a game. I tell him this, kind of in confidence. You know, I'm, I'm embarrassed by it, but I thought it'd be funny. I drop it to him. We walk to the seats. Rusty introduces himself to the usher. I think that's it. Then he stops and introduces me to the usher after saying he's been coming to the games forever and is really disappointed that you don't recognize him. I was f***ing mortified. I'm mortified telling the story now. So, yeah, you know, it is what it is.
2: And even after all that, the usher still has no idea who you are.
0: No, but he asks about you all the time, which <laughs> right. really bothers me. I mean, I, I just I don't think that that's fair in any way, shape or form.
1: Your relationship with ushers is just storied, Bram. I mean, same thing with Chase Center ushers.
0: Yeah. What are you, the narrator? I know what I've been going through, man. I don't need you to like, point out that I'm secretly living the life of Mr. Bean. I go through it on a day to day basis. Boys, let's jump in. And let's start with a segment we actually haven't done for a couple of weeks. It's the glass half full. Idea is easy. Look back at recent Warriors basketball and give me something you like and don't like. Uh, from recent history, I'll go first to give you a little bit of time to think. Don't like is easy. I'll go so far as to say that I hate it. It's Wiseman's knee injury, man. Um, it's, it's exactly what this player did not need at all. I mean, we've talked about his mental state. I don't pretend to know him, but just based on his facial features and reactions, this is a guy who takes missing a rebound heart. You know an injury that represents a setback, something that's gonna prevent him from continuing this development, is just driving him crazy. You could see that as he left the court, so that's my thing. Um, It it just drove me crazy. I hated that it happened. Uh, I'll, I'll save the thing I liked. Till after you boys get a shot to go, what do you got?
2: I'll expand on that, Bram. I, it, that is the right answer. That that is what you're not supposed to like about what's happened in in Warriors' recent history. Um, I'll expand a little bit and say uh, what I don't like is how many games the NBA, the Warriors are having to play right now. Since the All Star break, it's been insane how many people are how many games are playing, how many people are getting injured, um, how many players are sitting out because they're scared of injury. Uh, so that's my thing is um, I don't don't like that across the NBA landscape and and I don't like it for the Warriors how how many people are having to sit out right now how many people are getting hurt because as you mentioned with Wiseman it's the the thing we don't like about this game is is seeing somebody go down
0: what is that from Rusty I mean is this just because of the truncated schedule so they're having to play more frequently more times in a week I mean what what do you blame that on
2: it is I mean there's nothing else that that the nba can do they're trying to squeeze 72 games into a truncated season um and they had to do even more after the all-star break after all the postpon- po- postponements in the first half so yeah there's nothing else they could do they're, they're trying to squeeze it in and the nba franchises are are trying as best they can to take care of their players they're they're trying to make sure that they're available for the last several games of the regular season and the playoffs where it really matters. So they're sitting guys, uh, but it's not enough. Guys are going down every night and it's awful. It's, it's the worst thing about basketball.
0: Do you know how that giants usher feels about this shortened season? Have you talked to him a bunch <laughs> this year or, or not recently?
2: He agrees with all of us. He says it's awful, but but he's not sure your point of it because he doesn't know who you are.
0: Shocking. <laughs> and and I, you stole that joke from me. I was so excited to spit it out. MT, what do you got? Something good or bad?
1: Um, I, I'll do something I don't like right now, which is um, how the Nets have tried to kind of buy their way to a championship. I know there will be critics that will say the same thing about the Warriors, and um, we always com- combat them with, oh, we drafted this and we just signed KD. But um, the way that the Nets have assembled this team is just, this doesn't sit right. And, um, you know, I was looking forward to, to rooting against it and hoping that uh, Philly or Milwaukee takes them out, or whoever from the West ends up playing them in the championship takes them out, um, and then all of a sudden, LaMarcus Aldridge retires abruptly because of a, a irregular heartbeat. And, Today, right? Yeah, and it's just it's you know, like I feel bad. I still don't want the Nets to win. I still feel like it's a bad way that they have built that team, but um, or an unfair way. But you just hate to see. LaMarcus go out like that like you know for all intents and purposes he sounds like he's a good guy um solid teammate he had great years in Portland went through it with San Antonio a little bit didn't really fit the system but still stuck it out there and then was gonna you know have a good shot at a ring with Brooklyn and then all of a sudden has a terrible you know pain in his chest and it has a scare of his life and now it just has to retire and it just kind of sucks it's it's the same thing you know obviously it's a Much different injury, but you just add it to the total of what Rusty was saying of, you know, this season, it just feels like we're seeing stars go down left and right and injuries piling up. And it's just, it's hard to watch.
0: I have no reason to admit this. I have no idea why I'm going to. Um, it's kind of embarrassing, but I will. I I read that Lamarcus Aldridge thing um, and had a really strange, like, emotional response today. So, just like MT said, uh, Lamarcus had a heart scare, retired suddenly, and then you know authored the kind of thing that players author when they have to retire out of nowhere. It's like a three or four paragraph deal that I read randomly at work today and it was fine, it was well written, I don't know, I don't really have any association with LaMarcus Ardridge, I'm not a Portland guy, You know, I didn't root for him on the Spurs, I don't really care about the Nets, but I got like three paragraphs into that thing and got hell of sad and I have no idea why. It's like I started contemplating like, what if I was writing this? What if you suddenly found that your career was truncated out of nowhere, truncated by the way is the word of the day apparently, and you had to find yourself writing this goodbye to a life that you loved and it made me hell of like, oh most weepy. I didn't actually cry, but I got close enough. So there's my random LaMarcus Aldridge admission to you boys, uh, Maxine. But, you, but Brim, you know why you had that emotional response? Because I'm a giant wuss? Because you love basketball. And it's it's
2: awful when these dudes get hurt. Like It really is. You, you probably had the same response when Clay wrote his message right before the season, when he couldn't be out there with yes. his brothers. Right? It's It's awful. It's terrible. You don't want to ever see these dudes go down. And it's um it doesn't matter if you like one team or the other you love basketball and so it's terrible to see these guys go down
0: i love you for saying that so you may have noticed that i tried to just bring in maxime as quickly as i could after i finished that embarrassing story principally rusty because i didn't want you to give me shit about it so i got kind of worried man like when i heard your voice and i backed off but hey it ended up being supportive so uh you're the man, uh, Maxime, Before Rusty changes his mind, hop in here. Uh, yeah, well, something look, you liked? This didn't doesn't lie.
3: make me look particularly good because I feel like Cheater. we are nine minutes into this episode, and I feel like that needs to be truncated. Listen, I mean, we can talk about injuries all day, but Steph just dropped forty-two points in three quarters with zero turnovers and a ninety-eight and a half percentage true shooting. Like, this is God status, and. You know, I'm sure we're going to talk about this in a second when we come back around and talk about everything that we liked. Um, So I'm going to kind of spin it as an introduction to that. This is also something that I don't like. I am a little bit sad that we continue to waste his season. That we continue to waste what is now, like, arguably his best season of his career. It's just really tough. I, I know we have a, a, a bunch of reasons why, um, you know, we drafted high and it's a great opportunity to develop a new player in James Wiseman, but the whole thing feels kind of like a house of cards built around a transcendent talent. And there was a little bit of melancholy seeing that performance happen and thinking about how much of an opportunity we're wasting right now.
0: MT, let the record reflect, you are now the only person who has not used the phrase truncated. The challenge has been set, boy, you gotta get that out there. Um, (laughs) Let me, I mean, let's let's take Maxime's invitation to make the transition. Of course you're right, man. The thing we like, or we should be liking, despite maybe the lack of uh, continuity between the Develop Wiseman and Steph Seasons goals, is what the hell Steph has been doing. This run has just been crazy, right? Start small the the just recently over his last 3 games he's averaged 44 points you know the last person to do that michael jordan in 1990 make it a little bit larger look at his last 5 games here are the point totals 42 53 38 32 and 41 make it even bigger than that so far through the games played steph has hit 235 threes so far If this was an 82-game season and he stayed on the same pace, he'd go for 410, or put differently, six more than the current overall record of 402, set by, by the way, Steph Curry, way back in 2016. So, you know, the the year he is having is unparalleled. It's unbelievable. If we use the phrase that he's a generational player, then he is having a generational season, which is absolutely the thing that I love. And we've done this a bunch of different ways. Let me try it one more now. Uh, You get used to things. And as a result. You tend to waste them. You don't appreciate them. A lot of the time, we don't appreciate things until it's too late, right? Until it's like right at the end and suddenly you realize it's running out. I do that all the time. You know, I, I do that with like popcorn or candy. You know, like I'll go all the way through it and then really enjoy the last two pieces because I know it's out there. What we are watching, you're never going to watch again, ever. So make sure... Every day, you appreciate this the way it deserves to be appreciated because it is insane. There's no other way to put it. That's
2: right, and that's what uh, Draymond Green tried to do when the team landed in Oklahoma City. They're at a after a team dinner. Um, he decided to buy a four or five thousand dollar bottle of wine, charge it to <laughs> Mr. Joe Lakeup, and celebrate <laughs> Stephen Curry for the moment. Right? You you don't want to give him flowers after he's gone, so um he he got it he he got exactly what you're saying is let's celebrate it right now but that that should be true for the fans too i mean this is this is something else and you're exactly right we're not going to see it again when steph curry is every night breaking records that date back to will chamberlain michael jordan and his own records he's at the point now where some of his three point records he's just breaking those yep um, it it is it is something else, and um, we're. This is a generational talent. This has changed the game. But all of the players that are coming after him, um, that are products of the way he changed the game, they're not going to do what he's doing. So that's what we all have to remember.
0: You know Steph in a way I could only dream of knowing. You've covered him every single second. That was part of the intro that I've put up front. We've heard quotes from him this year, kind of off the cuff, where he is showing us that he understands what he's doing, right? Just after last night, he said that Clay's record might be quote unquote gettable, that he's never felt this good, both physically and as far as in rhythm. What do you think this year means to him, man? You know, with the number he's putting up, does this individual success resonate with him and and how much does it mean?
2: Uh, the individual success only means something with him. If that translates into future success, um, this is a weird reference, but I still remember 2015 um, the championship series in Cleveland and some of the players were talking about the 2013 summer when they went five and oh in the summer league, because that was where they thought they developed a the championship culture um, Stephen Curry is individually special, but none of that matters to him if they're not winning. He's going to put up ridiculous numbers. He started his own brand within Under Armour and is going to make billions of dollars. But none of that matters. He 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 is a killer. He wants to win.
0: I don't mind telling you that that was a weird reference. I feel like we should uh, throw that <laughs> out there. Weird. Right now, let's jump to the section i'm really excited for and it's actually going to follow up on a lot of the things that we just discussed that section is warriors oracle rusty you've done this with us before man it's basically just a mailbag um it dives mostly into warriors topics there's going to be some personal stuff not a lot this week but some of it actually was specifically aimed at you and here's the first quote rusty has always been good at identifying basketball talent what is his opinion on wiseman so far And does he think the Warriors made the right call with a second pick in the draft?
2: I don't. Um, Mostly because I'm about immediate success. Um, I don't know what generation I'm in, but um, I I like to win right away. Uh, So if I was the Warriors and had... Every time you have a pick, the assets value lessens after you take the pick. I would have traded the second pick this offseason and gotten the talent back, I would have said even, even after knowing that clay hurt himself, I would have said Draymond and Steph only have a handful of years left. Let's go for this thing. Um, so that, that that's why it's so simple to me. I, I would, I would, I would have gone for it right away. Um, yeah. I, I wouldn't have made the pick, but seeing Wiseman for half a year, you think, okay, yeah, he might, he might be a player sometime. And then, I listen to the people who are way smarter than me, including Draymond Green, who says that James Wiseman is going to be a superstar one day, that he's going to be an unstoppable monster. Um, And if that's true, maybe the Warriors are right, but I'm not one to wait three or four years. I, I like I like my results right away.
0: We're going to cover that. Um, I, I have read the questions that are coming your way. I know that we're going to be looking at should they have traded it and is there other talent they should have brought in. Um, and I love the Draymond take based just on what you've seen. I agree with this uh, listener. man. Uh, you and I have had the opportunity to have a lot of basketball conversations, and I'm sure I'm not speaking out of turn and saying you do have a good eye for basketball talent. What you've seen from Wiseman. I heard what you said about Draymond. Give me your opinion do you think this kid has a very bright future ahead of him?
2: I do. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's ridiculously talented. Um, and he works his tail off. Uh, and I had a story recently where I quoted him two or three times, which is hard with him because he doesn't say a lot. Um, and a reader responded and said, those must not be direct quotes. Like 19, 20 year olds don't talk like that. And I was like, no, that, that, that's how he talks. (laughs) he is a professional already um and i love everything about him on the court i like that he goes to the rim and he's working on his post game and i like that he's trying to figure out the system i like that he listens to his vets i I like that he wants to do everything right um and he has the talent to do it there there are just some I, i know this doesn't matter to most people but there are some moments in the game where there are pick and roll switches and all of a sudden he's guarding a point guard and at 7 foot 1 he guards them better than anybody else on the Warriors and I'm just like, "Well, yeah. Yep. That'll work. That'll Let's work go. for the next that'll work for the next 15 years."
0: What Wiseman's criticism in warriors Twitter land and social media land reminds me of is how short sports fans memories are, right? Here's a weird analogy, but that's never stopped me before. Um, if we all go to a restaurant and you guys tell me, look, order, whatever, order the sandwich, but look out first couple bites are going to be kind of dry. Not going to like them, but stick with it. Right. And then after you get into the meat of the sandwich, you're going to love it. It's worth it. If we go there, and I take the first bite. and I'm like, oh, that's hella dry. You will say, I told you. I, we, we literally just talked about that. Why are you surprised? You'd consider me an idiot. Before this season started, when the Warriors selected James Wiseman, what did we hear? Well, we heard he was a project. We heard that he had all of the tools, but probably wouldn't be able to reach them during this season. We heard that he didn't have a college year. We heard that guards develop way faster than Big Man, and all of us accepted it, and all of us were happy to see where he would go. Then the season started. What happened? Ball developed faster because guards developed faster than Big men. Wiseman had difficulty transitioning because he didn't play. But instead of remembering what everybody told us, what all of us talked about, we all freaked out. We all started screaming about how the sandwich was dry. It doesn't make any f- sense, remember exactly what we were told, and realize that's exactly what was happening. Um, as a random aside, I read this friend of the podcast, friend of, uh, friend of Rusty's as well. Connor wrote a series of stories on James Wiseman and there's, there's some good stuff in there, but one of the things that really stuck out and I've been waiting for an excuse to drop in here. So all of us remember that Wiseman missed that COVID test and that was one of the reasons that he had to miss a few games and we were all frustrated by it and, and Kerr took some heat with the way that he criticized him. Well, what the the story from Connor was is what Wiseman was doing when he missed that test. So I think most of us assumed he was doing something that you know nineteen year old NBA superstars would be doing. I mean, I don't know, strip club or something, something dumb, right? What he was doing was playing a board game with his mother. He was with his mom playing a board game, which completely shifts how I read that story. Who this person is, you know, I mean, all of the negative stuff behind it kind of has a different light when viewed through that lens. So, I'm with Rusty, this injury doesn't doesn't stop me from believing in his future,
3: um, but it was frustrating to say the least. I have a quick question. Oh, please. Do you think that James Wiseman cheated during that board game?
0: <laughs> I, I, you're the person we should be asking for that. You're our resident <laughs> cheater, what do you think? Oh. It probably depends on whether or not his mom was asleep. That's a
3: great point, that's a great point. And then at that point, <laughs> would it be cheating or would it just be playing the game?
0: Okay, Rusty, so did you get the full story? Marcus admitted to cheating. I admitted to cheating. Maxime said he cheated, but he's not a cheater because the pers- the, the proctor of the test fell asleep while the test was being administered, so he cannot be held to any standards, basically.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll listen to his point of view on that, too. But, yeah, basically, if, if you cheat, you cheat. That's that's fine. And that's fine. And most of us say, yeah, we cheated. Because because we care about winning the
0: game, scoring the best on the test that that's why you do it. Hey. Turns turns out Rusty's a cheater too, and no, you do not yeah. want to hear you do not want to hear Maxime's explanation. He loses his mind. He'll start talking about drones, dude. T- trust me. Just listen to the last podcast, um, and it'll bring you right up to speed. Instead, by the by the way, on the Wiseman thing, production can fix this afterward. I'm not sure
2: when you're going to put this out, but uh, the Warriors have just announced that. Uh, Wiseman's surgery is a success, in quotes, in their eyes, um, and excellent. he's expected to return uh, in September. So, bu- so before summer league next year.
0: So he'll get a f- pseudo full offseason and a training camp. He'll get and training and, camp. Yep. Yeah, okay, that's
3: excellent, excellent news.
0: Um, we just professed our love for Wiseman's future. Take me to the present. Does. Wiseman's injury give the Warriors a better shot at the playoffs this year.
2: absolutely, and I've heard what you guys have been talking about this, and I think Bram is still doing the the tweets for the pod, but um i saw I saw a tweet recently that was talking about the conflict between what you're supposed to be doing this year, development versus winning, and it was it was spot on like that they have gone through this conflict all year. And now, all of a sudden, they don't have the conflict. They don't have to develop anybody. All they have to do is play their best lineup. And their best lineup is small, and their best lineup is the five guys that they put out there. Like, it's so simple. But for the entire season, it was complicated. So it helps them now. Um, And you know how I am about wanting to win every game. So it it seems so obvious to me, but, but it has really been simplified for Kerr.
0: I agree. MT, do you?
1: I do. I mean, you just look at Steph Curry's numbers on the court when Wiseman is with him, when he's without him. And, you know, Steph is having an amazing year, and it's even better when Wiseman's not on the court. So, I mean, just from a a sheer data standpoint, you're going to play better and hopefully have better results when you're not trying to um, teach Wiseman along the way, as Steph is having this – you know, amazing season. But I just it going back to Rusty's comment, he said he thinks that it wasn't the right pick. I, My my question to that is always who would have we have taken like LaMelo Ball? I mean, you know, like he's a great player, but he's a little redundant for you know what we had at the time i mean you know I, I feel like it would have been a panic reaction hearing that clay was injured and then taking lamello and then you have halliburton patrick williams some of these other players like i just don't know i mean if anthony edwards was still there maybe i guess you could make a case for that but
0: well he's saying you um, he would have traded it i mean i think if i heard rusty right what he's saying it wasn't the wrong pick it was the wrong decision they should yeah. have taken that two pick and traded it out and brought somebody else an established veteran in Right, yeah, and but... it's, a, it's a terrible
2: argument now because the the trade that was actually there was to drop back and get Lamarcus Aldridge. Now we know that huh. he would, he wouldn't have completed the season um, mm-hmm. with that pick. Yeah, you, you're in the running for a guy like Halliburton, which is still a ten year All Star in the league, right? Um, so. Uh, they they had a chance to do that, but the 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 chance was to get a player who could help Steph and Draymond right now. Um, who and-
0: who Rusty? Who would you if you're Bob Myers? You're in that position. Now, let's let's take a time machine. You are you are now the week before the lottery.
2: I, I would I would have made the wrong decision. I would have I would have made the I would have made the. You deal said for, LaMarcus for LaMarcus Aldridge. No, huh. no doubt about it. I would have made that deal.
0: Anybody else? But- so so you say yes to LaMarcus because it was offered to you by the Spurs. Uh, Is there anybody else out there that you would have pursued? You would have hopped on the phone and be like, I got to see if this guy's available for this pick.
2: There wasn't, there wasn't much else that could have actually happened. There were, there were Bradley Beal rumors and all kinds of stuff, but that, that was the one they could have done.
0: Does that speak to you, MT? So, so if it's not, we're not talking about Halliburton, we're not talking about ball, you know, we're talking about going back, taking that pick and then bringing somebody else. I mean, I, you know, LaMarcus obviously is not the answer now, but another player, is there any player out there does this concept speak to you or did they make the, the right move
1: I mean it's still it's hindsight bias now creeping in I don't know sure. what my answer would have been back then I I think when we were talking about it back then I was still on the Aaron Gordon train and hoping that we could have swung a trade for that I don't know Rusty if you know that that wasn't a possibility I mean obviously Aaron Gordon has since moved on from Orlando but um would you, you know, do that now would you trade if, if right now
0: Denver said, "All right, you know, our season's over. Jamal got hurt. This this doesn't work for us. We'd love Wiseman. Hey, we'll give you right now. We'll make the trade." Do you say yes to that?
1: Wiseman for Gordon? Uh-huh. I would. You would? I would.
0: I I I think I'd say no because Gordon wouldn't bring us over the top even though I am on board for bringing in a veteran presence. Rusty Maxime, what do you say to that? Aaron Gordon's offered, it's only Wiseman you have to cough up. I'm sure the money doesn't work, but let's suspend the rules for purposes of this conversation.
2: No, it doesn't it doesn't work um because fit also makes sense. I I love Aaron Gordon and I want him on my team cuz he, fight, he fights like any dude from the Bay Area. So I, I like him. Um, but it doesn't fit because the Warriors weren't giving up Draymond Green in that deal. Um, and they're way too similar. You, you need something oh. different. That, that That's the only reason why the little
0: Marcus thing made sense to me before. That makes sense. Max, you on the same train?
3: Yeah, I basically am. I mean, I think you start to get into some, you know, it might actually be more helpful if we could also find a way to ship Wiggins out. Um, in that situation. But I yep. just. I feel like, in general, we're, we're kind of cluttering up the different positions.
0: I've got some Steph Curry stuff here that I'm really excited to run by Rusty. But first, let me get this personal one out of the way because it's just jumping its way off the page and it's also a question whose answer really has my attention. So here's a question, quote, my girlfriend recently turned into a vegetarian and expects me to give up meat as well. If your significant other turned veggie, would you change your diet? So boys, here's how I want to handle this. Let's take each of us in turn. We're going to guess what that person would do if their significant other flipped over. Let's start with MT. So, Rusty, I know you were just getting to know Marcus, but you've known him for a little while. Assume that Marcus's significant other goes 1,000% vegetarian, comes to him, wants him to give up meat even though he loves it. What does Marcus do?
2: 1,000% he's giving up meat.
0: I, if Marcus's girlfriend came to him and said, I'd like you to be left-handed, I think he would become left-handed. I say a thousand percent. This fool gives up meat as well. Maxine, what's your guess? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I
3: think he switches over. <laughs> MT, what's up?
1: Jeez. Uh, I thought I was amongst friends here.
0: <laughs> thought they were crediting you. You're a fantastic <laughs> that's a friend, person. That's a friendly comment. It's the right thing to do, man. Yeah, You're a good okay. person.
1: Whatever. Um, the answer is actually no. I I did date somebody who was uh, vegetarian, and I still had my bacon cheeseburgers and loved every single bite of them. <laughs> but you ate them left
0: handed because you asked you to. <laughs> exactly. Ew, piece of <laughs> You're a terrible <laughs> significant other. Let's flip it over. Let's go to Maxime. Uh, Rusty, start us off again. So, I mean, you know, we, we know that your relationship with Maxime is in its uh in its early stages. You're a good read of people, though. What do you think?
2: I mean, because Maxime is still trying to cheat on the cheater line,
0: <laughs> I'm gonna say that he probably won't give it up. Okay, I love that. I'm gonna piggyback a little bit because we do know that i um, mean, you know his his Ethics are a little bit in question. I think he tells her that he's gone vegetarian, eats veggies in her presence, but has yeah. the occasional cheeseburger on the side when she's not looking.
1: Right. MT. He's definitely doing it.
0: He's, he's <laughs> all doing three race. of
1: you are definitely doing it. You don't even ask me anymore. He's changing all you.
0: Dude, you don't have to get off defensive. It's like we thought you were a good person. There's, it was a compliment. It was a compliment to you. <laughs> Maxine, help us here. Help us. It's getting awkward with Marcus. We need you to say something. I what? mean, listen. What's wait, the listen truth I'm, for you? Now
3: I'm just as offended because I feel like we're conflating all sorts of situations here. But look, I, uh, I, I. First of all, I wouldn't do it, but it's hard. I have friends whose partners are vegetarian and they are not, and and it leads to some difficult situations, especially when you live together and you gotta like pick which pans you're frying meat in and which ones are just for veggies. So I actually, Marcus, we were all trying to let you know that we think very highly of you. By suggesting it this way because it takes a bigger person to actually switch over.
0: Okay, I'll, I'll admit, i admit I wasn't I wasn't trying to give you a compliment. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I'll just say it. I'll I'll be honest and be transparent out there. That uh that brings it to me. What do you boys
3: think?
2: I already know you would not do it.
3: That's tricky, man.
1: Yeah, I think you're a great guy, and as a compliment, you would definitely do it.
3: Hey, did I really, you know oh, what? No that shit. means
1: a lot to me. I really appreciate
0: it. <laughs>
3: thank you, Marcus. Uh, I mean, that.
0: even whether or not it's true, we'll find out. But just you saying that really
3: resonates with me. I'm, I'm thinking you're, you're basically, you're saying you're doing it, but then you're in the bathroom like sneaking Slim Jims. <laughs> That's pretty much my answer, which I'm not surprised that you gave. I'm just going to throw that out there. Um, all right, so I'll be honest with you, boy. So
0: it 100% depends on how far... I'm into the relationship, right? So if it's early, if we're talking infatuation stage, then I would do anything she asked. This is this is almost as embarrassing as the little Marcus Ardridge stuff, but when my wife and I first got together, she we were long distance, and she was a sorority girl. And I went out there, and because of her culture, she liked Abercrombie and Fitch. I, I went through a period of life where I wore an Abercrombie and Fitch hat. I f-ing hate Abercrombie and Fitch and was about it. So, for like during that early period, if she asked me to like only eat vegan, I bet you I would have. I am absolutely for sale like that. But then later on, you know, like once we've been established and we're all the way in, then I get selfish and I'm just not gonna do it. And this is not a guess, this is based on real life experience. So, Erica is not a vegetarian. But she did spend some time going gluten-free, which is the biggest pain in the ass on earth. And for a while, she expected me also to go gluten-free. And I, I don't know, about a month I tried it. But after, you know, in that fifth week, we would sit down and the waiter would bring over bread And she'd give me a look like, if you have a piece of that, I'll hate you forever. I'd slowly reach out, grab the bed basket, slowly pull it over to me and have a piece, dude. So, you know, both sides. I'm a bad guy any way you look at it.
2: Be careful with your sponsors. But Bram probably hit on exactly what I would have said is it does depend on. The relationship and how deep you are into it, right?
0: Like, well, Rusty, I'm about to ask about you. Okay. We were all just about to guess, dude, but like, I'm pretty sure we all know your response. <laughs> so let's uh, okay, you guys, let's guess about Rusty. My guess is it's exactly what I just said, and he's going to say it depends on how long it was in the relationship. Rusty, you've you've ruined the structure of this. Guess. yeah, no, well, yeah, thanks, man. You've ruined the. <laughs> Structure of it, so just give us the answer. Go ahead. Thanks for destroying this. Yeah, I didn't want—I didn't
2: want anybody's feelings to be hurt by what they were going to say about me.
0: Yeah, too late. Marcus is still it, very angry at all of us. I'll have you know, know, but it, it, it is what it is.
1: I'm crying in yeah, my Amber like- and Fitch shirt right now.
0: <laughs> I have a hat. I have a hat that'll go with that <laughs> shirt, man. Let me know. I'll get it to you immediately.
2: I, I have had relationships break up over this because <laughs> it Cronby is and Fitch
0: hats. Be, no, you well. <laughs>
2: If, if somebody ever demanded that I wore that or jeans, I would definitely break up with them. But also over vegetarianism or veganism, like uh, it's not it's not what I do. I I like to eat good food. And uh, so I've had early relationships break up over that. But now if you're married and have a child and or they're during their pregnancy then you got to give up a lot of stuff right like whatever they're doing you just immediately agree if you want pickles and potato chips fantastic that's what i'm eating too no alcohol cool we're doing that just fish tonight i'm in but that but that's when the relationship develops to that point
0: Okay, let the record reflect. I feel like you completely tuned out while I was answering because that's the exact opposite of what I was saying. I said I would do anything up front in the infatuation period. And then as I got closer, I became a shittier guy. So you're on the other end of the spectrum, man.
2: Yeah, you're weird. Everybody in the audience heard that.
0: (laughs) Except for you, asshole. You said (laughs) that you were just like me and then gave me the exact opposite answer.
2: I know I just I heard recently that I was supposed to always compliment the host, so I was just going with that.
0: <laughs> Whoever told you that is crazy smart and I take back all of the criticisms I just levy towards you. Let's go to Steph Curry, the part I've actually been uh, looking forward to. And let me start here, man. So before I was asking you what do you think the individual stats mean, and, and and you gave us a great answer. Let me put a finer point to it. So Steph hasn't just been, you know, generally successful, he's been specifically successful. Successful. This last week, he specifically became the highest scorer in the history of the Warriors franchise. He finally passed Wilt. What did that mean to Steph, do you think? What, what does that award, you know, where does it occupy his overall uh, achievements?
2: I haven't seen um, in 11, 12 years of being around this guy, I haven't seen him speechless except for one other time. And when he was asked post-game about passing Will Chamberlain, he was actually speechless. Like, he gave the quote that said, I don't have any other words, but he was actually speechless. Like, he stopped after that. Um, I've only seen that one other time. And it is a super Stephen Curry story. Uh, It is when he was voted as the second-best shooting guard in the league And not even on the list of point guards among GMs, 30 teams in the league. Nobody thought he was a point guard. They all thought he was a a shooting guard. And that made him so mad and so speechless. And I always remember that. I've never seen him like that again until the Chamberlain question came up. That's how much it means. When, When you're getting in Wilt and MJ territory, it knocks you off. No matter how good you are, it knocks you off.
0: Put these things together for me. Right. So the last time when I asked you about the individualized stats, he said, well, you know, it matters, but it's gotta be looked through the lens of team success. So the Warriors have looked better recently. They're riding a three game streak, but this season can't be classified as a success. Right. So Steph is having an unbelievable individual year, but a not so good team year. How do you think he's handling that?
2: Better than I've ever seen for him. Um, I think he's more vocal um, than I've ever seen him. I think in this last eight games, we've seen that he realizes now, like he can't play the player ball movement game that the Warriors want to play, that he has to just be dominant. And that's not naturally him. He he wants to share with his teammates, uh, but but he wants to win. And I think that's what you're seeing over the last eight games is he he has decided I'm just going to do this now like it's time Um, so that that's why I don't think it's sitting I don't think it's sitting well but I think he's handling it better than I've ever seen in his career I've never heard him talk this way Um, on sides on side sessions every once in a while you would get the yeah I want to chase every record I'll tell you a story when he signed with Under Armour I thought he was absurd that he was leaving Nike he couldn't even stay on the court at that point. Like that's he right. wasn't, he was not, he was not a two-time MVP and a three-time champion. He couldn't stay on the court, and he left Nike to go to Under Armour. And I thought he was absurd. And he said, "I'm going to start my own brand." And I, j- I remember looking at him. I was like,
0: "What?
2: What world are you living in?" <laughs> but that's who he is. Like he thinks that he can do all these things, and what we find out is that he makes absurd goals and actually achieves them right um so that that's who he is and and but he doesn't do that just in side sessions anymore he's talking like that in the general public he's saying i'm gonna do these things and watch here i go i'm about to go do it and then he does it It, and to me that's different that what he's doing right now is different but it doesn't it doesn't mean it's sitting well with him He, he, he didn't like any of this
0: what, and Marcus, take this one first, and it's it's kind of a of a broad question, and I'm anxious to see how you'll answer it. What does Steph mean to you as a sports fan?
1: I think he's he's done something that I didn't think was possible, which was made me be a bigger fan and love the game of basketball even more. I've yep. always loved the game. It's always been. Um, you know, it's just my favorite game growing up and loved watching it. And I think that the era of Michael Jordan and the dream team, um, you know, it's well documented, especially in the last dance, how they kind of resurrected and saved the NBA from going down to this irrelevant league. And I don't think that the NBA was on that course by any means, but Steph has done something that has opened up the game to new fans and allowed new players to believe that they can be successful and chase that dream and be an NBA player, even if they don't fit the prototypical um, type of player profile and frame that you're used to seeing you have to be. So um, it's just amazing how, you know, you. How much more fun it is to watch an NBA game when Steph is on the court, and it's it's intangible. It's something that you know never shows up in the score sheet, even though he has crazy stats. But you watch him play, and it's so much fun. It's just infectious, and it rubs off on the teammates. But what's unique about him is it rubs off on the fans and fan base too.
0: I love so. I'm my response is going to mirror yours. and let me try to organize my thoughts. What I love is what he not only did for me, but what he does for other fans. So let me start selfishly because that's what I'm best at. Uh, it's, it's pretty much what you said. What what Steph has done for me is what I would imagine like an incredible chef does for a foodie. You know, I, I, watching sports has always been an unnecessarily large and important part of my life. That's been true for as long as I can remember, and Steph more so than any single player has made that large portion of my life. Way better, you know. He gave me joy. He gave me success. He gave me optimism in a place previously I never had it. So that part was awesome. The second part, I didn't. I wasn't even going to say until you unlocked it for me. It's what he's done for others. So if we look at the Magic and Bird era and what it did for the NBA, essentially the way I understand it is, it took basketball and then spread it out to sports fans. Those sports fans already like sports. Perhaps they didn't like basketball. Now they realized that there is a whole other sport that they could enjoy. Well, if that was true, what Steph did is take basketball and stretch it out to people who didn't even fing like sports. You know, it's because he doesn't look like the superhumans who he is not only competing against but dominating that has brought in this whole other level of non-sports fan who are suddenly entertained by watching his magic. So, yeah, Maddie means the world to me. I, I, it, it, is a, um, it is an unbelievable joy and an opportunity to have him in our life. Uh, Rusty, so you do this as a living man. So for you, it's not as a sports fan, whatever the right iteration of that question is. What is Steph, you know, the ability to watch Steph over these last few years, what has that meant to you?
2: I think you guys are hitting on it. Um, off the court, the difference that he and Aisha have made in the community is absurd. Um, and everybody has to remember that. That every time we praise him as being the best shooter who's ever lived, he's better than that off the court. So we always have to remember that. Let, let's start with that. He he has transformed the Bay Area by being here, by living here. Um, So that, that is awesome. What he's done on the court is equally absurd, right? Like the numbers he's putting up, the way he's changed the game, the way he's changed, as you guys were talking about, the viewpoint of the game, who can be involved in it, what size can be involved in it. Um, Him, hitting a three pointer and laughing as he walks back against a dude who is six inches taller and way more athletic than him is something that stands in my mind all the time. Um, he is, we, we have said this before on this podcast today, generational talent is not enough for him. This, we're not going to see this again. What he's doing right now is different. Um, and it, it is, uh, I'm really proud to be a outside observer of this stuff. Uh,
0: th- this is sports currency. You know, I'm uh, Again, I'm selfish and short-sighted. This is the kind of thing that you're going to be able to flash in a bar 20 years from now. Oh yeah, by the way, I watched Steph Curry on a day-to-day basis and I watched him change the f-ing game. Maxime, what's he mean to you?
3: Uh, I mean, I think Rusty makes a, a really excellent point that Look, I mean, my mom, you know, she played basketball a little bit growing up, like in middle school, right? But she wasn't, we didn't watch basketball together um, when I was a kid. It's only with the ascendancy of Steph Curry that she started to pay attention to the sport that I love so much with me. Um, And that's just been really touching. And look, I mean, she is very aware of the electric energy that he brings on the floor. But if he was, you know... um, not a good guy off the court it wouldn't be the same thing at all and so it's this complete human this ability to bring in everybody um that that he's he's become a central figure in my relationship with my mother and i I, it's just like there's something special about his character that no matter where he is no matter what he's doing i can say like yeah that rocks
0: that's right uh marcus is is there any truth to the rumor that you started rooting for steph because your girlfriend asked you to (laughs)
2: <laughs>
1: completely true. I knew it. Yeah, I, that's, that's exactly what I thought.
0: Last three questions, and honestly, having read them here while we were going through that last response, um, I love all three of them. Here's the first. All right. Assume the Warriors somehow thread the draft needle. They, they the, the Warriors themselves, win the draft lottery, get the first pick, which knocks down Minnesota's pick, and now they have picks numbers one and four. Or more or put differently, they now have the most loaded trade package of all time. They have Wiseman and they have the one and four in a loaded draft, a package that could probably get back almost anybody they wanted, not named Luka, Booker or LeBron. Um, And so this is a little hyperbolic, but I don't think this question's all the way off. You know, the chances of them getting that first pick are pretty damn small, but it's not impossible. There's a world where the Warriors get their cake and eat it, too. They they get the play-in game. They're still eligible for the lottery. They win the lottery, and then they have this. They're sitting on literally an insanely valuable trade package. So if that happens... And and you boys were Bob Myers. You're shitting on this and you decide I don't want the future. I want the now. I want to compliment Steph with what he's doing. What player would you go out and try to nab with that super group?
2: Well, I mean, uh they don't get the Minnesota pick unless it drops to four. Right. So let's let's say the the best possible thing is they get the Minnesota pick at four and they drop as far as they can to seven right so now they have four seven and wiseman you you could get any player in the league you want for that
0: okay who would you go that's what i'm asking so Giannis, like give me yeah yeah so it's yeah that's and, um, and could they get that's a great answer could they do you think so will would we'll, i mean milwaukee would have to consider it they're not hanging up right
2: um the warrior the warriors have to obviously have to include wiggins in that but if you offer four seven wiseman and wiggins Nobody's hanging up the phone.
0: Nobody's saying no. I mean, that's I. I completely agree. I love that name. I'll adopt it. Giannis. Mt. Where are you?
1: Ooh, um Yeah. I mean, it's interesting that you put Giannis as available and Booker is not available in this scenario. But um, I mean, yeah, if it's gonna, Booker?
0: Say Booker. I mean, who, who would you bring? I don't in think Tatum? it's Booker though,
1: because I don't. I, I'm. I'm going to bet on Clay coming back and being just as. Um, looking just as good as KD is so um, I'm gonna go I would go Giannis too but to try to give a a different answer we can talk about it Um, I'm gonna go to your scenario where we have the one pick and four and Wiseman and I think we get uh, Joel Embiid and Seth Curry with that
0: I like that suggestion. Also, Mm. let me personally thank you for listening to my suggestion. Rusty just (laughs) completely brushed it off and went to his own. So the fact that you embraced it and said it, that meant a lot to me.
2: I get the point of the question, but come on. What could actually happen?
0: Yeah, well, it turns out the theme of this show is not truncated. It's you ignoring what the hell I'm saying as I'm speaking. But at least, as long as we have a theme, dude, I'm on board. Uh, Maxime, is there a player that, that sticks out to you?
3: Yeah, I'm thinking about positional fit, and I think MT has a really good idea with Embiid. I do continue to worry about um, his ability to be uh, present and not injured. Um, so I'm kind of turning my sights towards, I mean, if if really, if, if, what, if what Rusty is saying is true and we're at the level of having Giannis. I mean, Giannis would be great. Let's say Milwaukee just can't stomach it. Um, Next up for me would be Jokic. Uh, And I think he would be an amazing addition to the team because of his passing, um, you know, and his ability to like beat up anybody down low. He continues. I mean, dude, is. 25, right? Like he continues to get better. He continues to get himself more into shape to look more like a unique player. I know he would love it. We have precedent from bringing over guys from Denver, um, so I think he would be an, he would be an awesome fit, and I think he would take um, this you know passing Warriors era uh, to the next level. So this conversation feels
0: like a fantasy one, but what I liked about this question. Is it illustrates there is a reality where the Warriors are holding on to this trade package? You know, it, it's not a probability, but it's a possibility. So, you know, another reason to uh, be crossing our fingers until June and that draft lottery is unveiled. But you know, there's there's some reasons for optimism. All right, here's the next. One. I, I know I
2: said this. I know I said this earlier, but
0: well, if you remember it, it's not something I said.
2: <laughs> but every right, that's right. <laughs> but every, everybody should think about this like whether it's Brams suggestion of 1 and 4 or what could actually happen Benton. of 4 and 7 stupid idea <laughs> it's still those assets are way more valuable before they've been selected yeah and so this off season is huge for the warriors because they have wise men before anybody's really seen them And they have assets that haven't been picked yet. That is huge. Once a player is drafted, the asset goes down. It's like driving a
0: car off the lot, right? Yeah,
2: that's it. So that is is huge. This offseason is huge for them to think about what they're going to do.
1: I have one name, one name for you, Bram, that I was. Debating on throwing out instead of Embiid, and you can just give a, a truncated answer on this. Bone is, oh, um, um, is Anthony Davis?
0: Yeah. Yep. yep. Uh, so his skill set speaks as much to me as Giannis does, but his injury history, right? Um, and so I mean, I that one speaks to me. And if if the trade was on the table, I would probably say yes. But if that trade and the Antetokounmpo trade was on the table, I'm going Giannis, you know, 10 times out of 10, if that makes any sense.
1: Yeah. Maybe we can throw Chelsea back in the mix and get her to be the trainer back.
0: If the woman with the pop collar is coming back, man, then you absolutely (laughs) have my attention. Um, All right. So here's this next one. And what we were just setting is a perfect transition. What we've been saying this entire podcast is a perfect transition. Rusty, you and I share a concern, man. What the Warriors are doing right now is pursuing two two goals that can't be pursued at the same time. They want Steph to maximize his current prime, and they want to develop Wiseman so they have another prime in the future. Those two goals are impossible to do at the same time. And for a while, I, I had no rationale, no thought on why they were doing that. I didn't get it. And then last week, we stumbled on. It's just a guess. It's not like we've talked to anybody and confirmed it. But one of the possible rationales is Joe Lacob's wallet, that after Chase Center took some hits this year and after they built it, he realizes that if he goes all in and maximizes Steph right now, it's going to cost him some asses and seats 10 years from now. You know, they're not going to have the Wiseman's and the other assets there anymore because they'll trade them out. And when Steph's prime is over, they won't have a draw, which leads to this question. So assume you are Joe Lacob. This isn't what Joe Lacob would do. I want you guys, what would you do? Assume you are Joe Lacob and you are given a choice. You can press one of two buttons. One button means the Warriors win a title for sure over the next 10 years, but also guarantees that you're going to have trouble filling Chase and you're going to lose a little money. The other button means the Warriors absolutely are not going to win a title, but are guaranteed to put butts in chairs over the next decade, so you're going to have a steady stream of income. What do you do? Maxime, go first. Which
3: button? I mean, come on. I You know, like, I, I think it's different if I actually have to worry about the money, but, you know, I want the championship, I think long term looking even past 10 years you know looking 20 25 30 years out there's more cultural cachet you're more likely to get the you know the player that wants to come over in free agency if there's more banners hanging in the rafters I think if you're you know from the standpoint of really investing in your franchise that's the move Marcus
1: that's tough um, I think I still try to maximize Steph's talent because He's a generational player, and as loaded as this draft is, and as good as some of these players are that are out there, they're still not as good as Steph is right now. Like, there's a few people who are in that class. So, I think you still have to take advantage of that while you have him on your team um, and committed to your franchise and just go all in to, you know, get one more championship and then try to figure it out from there with less butts in the seats.
0: Rusty we're gonna to culminate to you so let me give my answer which is code words for say just stop listening for about 30 seconds man, and we'll, uh, we'll turn it over to you um, what I've there's always been two major types of sports owners for me um, there are the people who use their team as a means to make money and then there're the people who use it as a means to be remarkably competitive and try to win championships. And the the examples in my life, Cohan, he was the you know the former. They made money but never won. And then up until now, Lakup, he, he always uh, pursued championships over any kind of financial gain. If I was an owner, I hope to God I had enough personal money where I am in that second camp, where the only reason I am owning a team is because I want to win titles to stick in my rich friends' f- faces. That that seats. Uh, sales don't mean as much to me. I'm making money other places, you know, so this isn't affecting my ability to pay a mortgage. So in this fantasy land, what I'd like to do is press the button that guarantees me a title, even if it costs me some money. Rusty, take us home. Which way would you go?
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, the obvious answer for me is win. Yep. Win the the game, win the championship. That's always the obvious answer. But you guys all... Maxime empty kind of bram brought up good points <laughs> that
3: you, That's not there, there to are know
2: there are nuances to this, right like uh the ownership is losing money, um but they have a ton of it they have lake of just told us this week, hey, we're good, we're set we huh. have we have resources. If we, if we want to go do something, we can do it. Um, and to me, if I'm Stephen Curry or Draymond Green or Klay Thompson hearing that, I'm saying, well, then go do it. Yeah, right. Get, get, get us somebody where we can win right now, where we can win in the next three years, where we can win in the next five years. Um, it is impossible in the NBA to win and develop at the same time As much as I love to win, I know from a long history of covering this game that there are some times where you just kind of have to let yourself fall to the bottom of the lottery and let yourself start over. The Warriors are not in that situation. They have three all-stars who are in or just past their prime. This is the time to add to them and to – win another championship with them it's why
0: haven't they why haven't they? they they're seeing the same things right so what's going on what why hasn't that why hasn't the brain trust tumbled to the exact same sentence and started acting on it
2: because it's hard um the the history of the nba says when you stink you're supposed to stink you're supposed to get so bad that you get a player that changes your franchise right that's what it says. That's what the NBA tells you, and and it's ultimately right. You are in a five man game. You are supposed to get one dude who will change your franchise, and it works all the time. Um, the Warriors are in this weird spot where they've had some injuries. Yeah, they've had some coronavirus situations. They've, they they they're they're in a really odd spot where they're trying to tightrope this deal, and. The truth of the matter is they should stop thinking about being the worst team in the league and think about the three dudes they have.
0: Last question. I love that response, incidentally. Um, And it'll be interesting to see where this one goes. So news came out uh, recently of that fight with Aaron Donald. Have you guys seen that? Uh, Aaron Donald is an enormous defensive end for the Los Angeles Rams. I meant to look up his stats before we recorded, but uh, I was too lazy. I don't have him in front of me, but he ended up fighting outside of a nightclub, a regular person, and as you can imagine, the way a NFL defensive end versus a regular person fight would go, it didn't go very well for the regular person. So this question assumes that if you had to fight Aaron Donald in his prime, but got to bring a single warrior from any era along with you, who would you bring? And uh, Rusty? Why don't you go first? Who do you bring?
2: Well, you already know this answer, and because because I've already told you this answer, I'll move on to another one. But the real answer is Jared Jack. He's the baddest dude that's ever been through the Warriors organization. And if you are in an alley, you <laughs> want Jared Jack. He's the baddest dude that's ever been through the Warriors organization. But because I want to give you a different answer, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that this year I might have changed to Draymond Green,
0: and here hey.
2: here's why. I think he's bad. I think he would take care of business. But also, you know me, in a fight, I talk a lot. <laughs> I think Draymond Green might talk more than me and then take care of the business. So <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm changing my answer to Draymond Green.
0: Let the record reflect that Rusty and I have never fought, and I actually do not know whether or not he talks constantly during a fight, but I don't, uh, I don't question him. Marcus, who would you take?
1: Um, I'm gonna go David West. Um, yeah, I, th- I think <laughs> that he would be able to to defuse the situation with talking. And if that still didn't work, if Aaron was just dead set on on trying to hurt me, I would just run behind David. And he's a big enough dude, and he's got a little bit of that grit and strength <laughs> that he would give uh, give Aaron enough of a a fight that I could run away fast enough and far enough while that's happening.
2: I didn't watch it. Smart answer because you're losing the fight regardless. Oh, oh for de- sure. You're
1: definitely losing. Nobody's oh, being awful. Aaron Donald. So yeah. we're, we're,
2: all, we're, all ju- we're all just choosing who we're going to
1: lose with. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, like somebody
0: who can help pick me up off the floor, right. you know, and like carry me to the immediate emergency room. Uh, who has said, a so doctor
1: someone, background?
0: Yeah, you know, okay. That's, <laughs> I'm actually taking Dr. Fauci. It's weird. You know, it's a weird thing, but that's
1: who I'm taking. Um, On site treatment is the most critical part rip- of it. Right I'm taking Mr. Kaiser.
0: Uh, Al Addles would be an easy take, but I don't, I mean, I'm, I'm doing that based on reputation. His nickname was the Destroyer, but I didn't watch him, so I'm not sure. Uh, based on the people I watched, Steven Jackson, his name at least has to be thrown out there. You know, he was always kind of a badass and had no problem putting himself into situations maybe he shouldn't have been. Um, and the other name, which is a super random one and might be unfounded if I'm being honest, is Chris Mills. So I don't, I don't have any stories about Chris Mills being able to fight, but I do remember a story, possibly a rumor where Chris Mills and some other player stopped the Portland Jail Blazers from leaving the parking lot and then boarded their team bus with a gun. If any portion of that is true and he had that kind of moxie, that's the kind of dude I'm going to need entering into a fight with Aaron Donald. So one of those three.
2: That's not as good as Carl Landry getting shot in the leg and
0: walking toward the gunman and trying to fight him. Okay, will you let me finish my answer? But who I'm ultimately going to pick is Carl Landry. I don't know if you guys remember this. He got shot in the leg, dude, and he walked towards the guy who shot him. So that's my guy. That's an ultimately... And he did uh, it while wearing an Abercrombie and Fitz shirt. Right, <laughs> right. But only because his girlfriend told him, and that was only for a month. So Eating a vegan salad. With so the, <laughs> with, the dumb,
2: with the dumb hat.
0: With a super incredibly dope hat. You guys know nothing about the old AF, which leads us to... Our final topic, perhaps my favorite. It's certainly the easiest for me. I am sure everyone is tired of me talking. Good news. I'm getting ready to shut up. This uh, topic is called Story Time with Uncle Rusty. I am going to give Rusty a name. He'll give us whatever stories come to mind. Rusty, Clay Thompson.
2: Oh, well, I get, I don't know, probably 111 stories of uh, Clay Thompson. Um, I'll give you two if I can. One is the most recent is uh, Steph Curry scoring fifty-three points to pass Will Chamberlain on the franchise's all time scoring list, and Clay Thompson was nowhere to be found. Which is super clay. <laughs> like he was in the he had already he had already done his treatment. Like there was no reason for him to be in the back. There was no reason to be in a locker room, there was no reason to be anywhere except to be on the court. And the Warriors had planned the whole thing where when this happens, they had no idea what was going to happen in the first quarter. But when it happens, let's give him his space. Let's let him do his thing. Of course, nobody played along. Draymond Green came in and hugged him. And Klay Thompson was nowhere. <laughs> A quarter later, Klay Thompson is on the sideline and tells Steph, I love you, man. <laughs> Which to me is like the most aloof and awesome thing <laughs> that could ever happen, uh, but I'll continue on that and tell you tell you about Clay Thompson from last. Well, it was not last year; it was 2019. Now it's crazy how these years skip together. We were doing for San Francisco Chronicle. We were doing a thing about uh, the best moments of the decade, and obviously, Clay's 37 point third quarter against Sacramento was one of them. He was hurt. He wasn't part of any of the drills, wasn't part of anything the Warriors were doing. So and he was going back to Southern California all the time. So it was really hard to get in touch with him. But I knew he was in the Chase Center one day. So after practice, hung out in the bowels of Chase Center. The security guard bramble like this. The security guard was finally like, "Ah, all right, this dude's just going to hang out here. This is happening. So when Clay finally comes out of the locker room, he's drinking a bile of what looks to me like blood. (laughs) And he says, uh, yeah, that's just liver cleanser. What? And he just spouts this thing down and keels over. And I've never remember. This is a Clay Thompson is a dude who tore his ACL limped back onto the court made two free throws during the NBA finals and then tried to get back on defense <laughs> i watched him take a shot of this thing and just keel over and i was like oh yeah this is Jeez.
0: what was it was he drinking kryptonite <laughs> what the hell is- what is liver cleanser
2: when he finally came back to it, he was like hey yeah this is not you got to you got to cleanse your system sometimes <laughs> And then, and then immediately, in in Clay Thompson fashion, immediately goes brilliant on the story I was trying to do about the thirty-seven point quarter, where he remembers every detail of everything that ever happened. But for a moment there, he was he was hurting.
0: Oh my God! Did you take a shot of it as well? Did you <laughs> cleanse the old liver immediately afterwards? No chance. <laughs> no. How about MT? Have you been doing some blood drinking recently?
1: definitely not. That sounds horrible. If it can make clay keel over, then I'm good. I don't want to try that.
0: If it looks like blood, I'm at a hard out, just a hard out right there, regardless of what it does to me immediately afterwards. Uh, Rusty, you were awesome. Knew you would be. And I'm also positive. I'm not the only one thinking it. Um, also my apologies. We we kept a longer than I thought we would for those out there who undoubtedly need more Simmons in their life. Tell them where to go. Um, Obviously, I'm
2: old school. I wish that you would uh, get the San Francisco Chronicle hardback copy delivered to your house. Uh, Most people don't do that anymore. So Online, I don't know. There's uh, a ton of other things that
0: happen, but... I'm sure the Chronicle is really happy about that, (laughs) about your ringing endorsement of their digital presence. I I can tell you that I, in fact, do get the hard copy of the Chronicle sent to the house and love that thing. I don't know there's just something visceral about holding it in hand and, and using it in different places. So I will back that plug. I will also say if you want to reach out to us, we can be found in a couple of places. Our only social media presence is Twitter, at Warriors Huddle. And if you want to reach out and tell us we did a bad job, good job, just want to use the word truncated, all good by me, reach out to us on WarriorsHuddle at gmail.com. With that in mind, boys, go Warriors, and hopefully we'll see you next week.
1: Good, good.